Hey everybody, Nick Espinosa, your chief security fanatic here, and it is Sunday, so we're doing breaches of the week as always, and as always, I want to thank the people that sent me a lot of this information. It always helps me out, and that would be Barrett Peterson, Chris Fallon, Mark McGovern, Jay Dance, and Sanders Slidnerink, as well as Jacqueline Wolf. Thank you so very much, and if you have a tip for me, please send it my way and I'll give you a shout out here and also on my nationally syndicated radio show as well. And with that, no time to lose. We're going to dive right into a big one. Let's talk about U.S. Bank, one of the largest banks in the United States. They are notifying some of their customers about personal information that was accidentally shared by one of the bank's third-party vendors, according to basically draft letters that were posted to the California Attorney General's website. Now, about 11,000 customers were affected after a vendor, a collections recovery group, accidentally shared this information, and that is according to a U.S. Bank, uh, bank spokesperson talking to NBC News. Now, this incident uh, occurred on September 27 and involved the sharing of information including names, social security numbers, closed account numbers, and outstanding balances. Customers with closed U.S. Bank credit card accounts were affected according to this. So if you have a closed credit card from U.S. Bank, heads up to you. Moving on. Let's talk about the Israeli Shah's political party. I think I'm pronouncing that correctly. They had a serious uh, data breach or security breach, I should say, in their computerized election management system as they left it vulnerable to basically easy exploitation, even by those with only basic knowledge of cybersecurity. This is according to the experts that reviewed this. Now, the breach of this system, which contains not just the data of Shah's supporters and activists, but a rather, but actually information on all Israeli citizens who are eligible to vote. This was basically revealed this past Sunday following an anonymous leak received on the Cyber Cyber podcast hosted by Ido Kanan and Ro Noam Rodham. Now, these findings were then verified by a software architect known as Ron Barzik. So, there you go. If you have anything to do, or I guess you're an eligible Israeli voter, you might want to check in with the Shah's political party. Now, on top of this, we have to talk about Michigan Medicine because... An attacker used a phishing scam to compromise employee email accounts, and that is according to uh, basically officials at Michigan Medicine, which led to the uh, exposure of 38, uh, 33,850 patients. Now, the scam was conducted between August 15th and 20, through the 23rd of this year. Employees were lured to a web page that was designed to get them to submit their login credentials for Michigan Medicine, and here we are. That was four employee email accounts were also accessed during this period. Now, they discovered the email account were compromised on August 23rd. But basically, what we are talking about here are names, medical record numbers, addresses, dates of birth, diagnostic treatment information, and health insurance information. And there we are. So heads up, Michigan Medicine patients. Moving on, let's talk about Bed Bath & Beyond. They are a large retail outlet that does or rather sells things for your bed, your bath, and apparently beyond here in the United States. I don't know if they're anywhere else. Now, they said this past Friday that a third party had this month improperly accessed its data through a phishing scam by accessing the hard drive of certain shared and certain shared drives of one of their employees. Now, Bed Bath & Beyond also said that they're reviewing the data, that uh, basically the data that was accessed, and they're trying to determine if the drives contain any sensitive information or personally identifiable information as well. Bed Bath & Beyond also added that they have no reason to believe any sensitive or personally identifiable information was accessed but here we are. So this is obviously evolving. Heads up, Bed Bath & Beyond shoppers and employees. You may eventually be entitled to compensation. Moving on, let's talk about Ascension St. Vincent's Coastal Cardiology because on August 15th, uh, basically them out of Brunswick, Georgia, 
were alerted to a healthcare data breach involving, quote, recently acquired Ascension St. Vincent's Coastal Cardiology's legacy systems, including the electronic medical record. Now, this breach impacted 71,227 individuals. The organization said that it immediately tried to secure all of this, but some of their information has been encrypted. Since it is still encrypted, apparently, they are basically unable to determine what the impact was, but we are assuming name, address, email address, phone number, secure uh, insurance information, as well as social security numbers if provided, clinical information, and billing insurance information were on those systems. So heads up to you. Ascension St. Vincent's Coastal Cardiology patients out of Brunswick, Georgia. Moving on, let's talk about the Fulton City Police. This is actually an update because they had a data breach discovered last November as the Fulton City Police compromised the personal data of 28,282 people, and that's according to a government data breach notice. Now, information of this breach, excuse me, uh, basically as a result of what the city of Fulton calls a data event could include your name, social security numbers, identification numbers, personal financial account information, and more. Uh, Fulton Mayor Deanna Michaels also, um, basically her office sent out this notice of... Um, Notice of breach to Maine's attorney general, and there you go. I believe this is in uh, Georgia, but apparently they are saying nine people from Maine were also affected as well. I have no idea why it took them this long to disclose that uh, officially to the government. Moving on. Let's talk about Wake Med Health and Hospitals because on August 14th of this year, Wake Med filed an official notice of data breach with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. And basically the details right now are kind of sparse, but based on the current federal breach reporting, it's likely that we are talking about names, protected health information, and potentially social security numbers of affected parties. They recently sent out data breach letters to those affected parties. So heads up, Wake Med Health and Hospitals, patients and employees. Moving on. Let's talk about Australian Clinical Labs because they just disclosed a February of this year data breach that impacted its med lab pathology business, exposing the medical records and sensitive information of 223,000 people, I assume mostly, if not all, Australian. Now, while the firm says... It's not aware of any misuse of this stolen information. Um, it is notifying impacted clients uh, individually of what was exposed during this attack. This data breach notification that was published the other day gives the following information. 128,608 Medicare customers along with full names, 28,286 credit card numbers, 12% of which include the three-digit code, and 55% of those cards have been, are actually expired. 17,539 individual medical and health records associated with pathology tests. So if you have anything to do with Australian clinical labs, I'm guessing like they're Australia's lab corp, heads up to you. Moving on, let's talk about Genshin Impact. This is a game developed by a company called Hoyoverse. Over the weekend, huge batches of information were shared online that reve revealed details of nude char new characters, not nude characters, Quests and events from version 3.3 until 3.8. I'm assuming 3.3 through 3.8 are not out yet. Basically, the future plans of the games, the characters, everything 
just got dumped. Now, Hoyoverse has a DMCA, that's the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, um, striked posts containing information from the data breach, although right now we don't know much more about this. I don't know how this got out. I don't know if it's an employee that said, screw this place, and walking out the door did this. If they got breached, we have no idea. But they had a breach because obviously a whole bunch of information that was proprietary and private to them are now known by their players. So if you play Genshin Impact, you might be able to get a sneak peek Unfortunately, moving on is an update on the Rhode Island Public Transit Authority, or RIPTA. And here's what's going on, because the attorney generals for the with the American Civil Liberties Union, ACLU, of Rhode Island filed a class action lawsuit against RIPTA and United Healthcare England over the handling of their August 2021 healthcare data breach that impacted thousands of individuals. So if you are in Rhode Island and you used RIPTA or United Healthcare, you may soon be entitled to compensation. Thank you, ACLU, for that one. New Mexico is the next place we're going because their radiology associates of Albuquerque is next on the list. Now, they're known as RAA Imaging, and they basically informed an undisclosed number of patients of a healthcare data breach involving their PHI, or protected health information. An unauthorized party apparently accessed email accounts at RAA at differing times between December 22nd of 2020 through July 15th of 2021, so about seven, eight months so worth of illegal entry. Now, the potentially impacted information is names, contact info, social security number, medical conditions, medical history, treatment information, patient account numbers, health insurance, and other possible PHI. So heads up to you, RAA Imaging or Radiology Associates of Albuquerque Patients, you also may be entitled to compensation. Moving on, let's talk about Ocean County out of the state of New Jersey. Now, officials there say and there was no infarious intent when an Ocean County employee emailed a spreadsheet containing the personal information of about 3,900 deceased Medicaid recipients to another worker. Apparently, the spreadsheet, according to them, was not downloaded by the recipient, nor was it shared with anybody else. That is according to the uh, basically Department of Human Services of New Jersey this past Thursday. The employee to whom the email was sent was not authorized to receive this information, and therefore this is considered a HIPAA breach, even if you're dead you still have protected health information because odds are you've got family. Moving on, let's talk about Twilio. This is unfortunately an update because they are pretty large in cybersecurity and software, but here we are. Um, they, this past week, disclosed that they experienced another quote-unquote brief security incident, this time in June of this year, perpetrated by the same threat actor behind the August attack of Twilio that we talked about, like, literally back. I had to go back and look at my notes. And that, basically, August hack resulted in unauthorized access of customer information. Now, the security event occurred on June 29th. The company said that in, in an updated advisory that they shared this week as part of their probe uh, to this break-in. And I quote, in the June incident, a Twilio employee was socially engineered through voice phishing or vishing to provide their credentials and the malicious actor was able to access customer contact information for a limited number of customers. This is according to Twilio. Now Twilio, as I mentioned, is a major provider of software, but they also are, are the provider of the Authy Authenticator app, which is used by 75 million users for multi-factor authentication. Authy was not affected in this breach, apparently. Uh, the one in August had something like, I think, like 90 users out of 75 million possibly affected. So Authy is still considered secure, and it's a bummer, but here we are. So Twilio heads up your users. Uh, you know, we're not happy with you right now. Let's just put it that way. So with that, let's keep moving on to C-Tickets. That's S-E-E-Tickets. They're a ticketing service provider. 
And they disclosed a data breach informing their customers that cyber criminals might have accessed their payment card details via a skimmer on the website. In other words, somebody inserted malicious code. So when you're paying with your credit card on cticketsiassume.com and uh, you're basically giving them your information, a copy of that is going to some jerk who's ripping you off. Now, the internal investigation, and this is crazy, showed that the investigation uh, or the infection, excuse me, happened on June 25th of 2019. This exposure and skimming has been going on for over two and a half years. This is absolutely nuts. The customer information that the attackers might have stolen include full name, address, zip code, payment card number, expiration date, and the three-digit code you give them. See tickets says that social security numbers, state ID numbers, or bank account information uh, basically has not been exposed due to this incident uh, because they are not stored on their systems. But if you have bought anything from C tickets, that's S tickets in the last two and a half years your credit card is out there and if you've got the same number you're going to want to go change that that's obviously a huge thing and for the love of god everybody needs a web application firewall in front of their websites to prevent this kind of stuff and detect these kinds of threats so go get yourself a WAF if you've got a website moving on let's talk about a car dealer uh, group out of the uk known as pendragon they are currently the subject of a cyber attack and get this they are being held ransom for 60 million dollars us or 54 million pounds now they Basically, this is huge. Now, the listed firm, they own 160 showrooms across the UK. And uh, obviously, they also they also use the names Evan Hulshaw and Stratstone, uh, you know, at, for their car dealerships. And they basically say that their servers were hit and uh, dark web hackers having stolen 5% of their data. Lockbit 3.0 is now claiming responsibility for this. $60 million. You could probably have better insurance or well one yes you could have definitely cyber insurance but that is a huge hit for cyber insurance and i doubt they've got coverage that high even if they do cover it but you can buy cyber defense strategies that will mitigate these things for way less keep up with your cyber defense that's what i'm trying to say here next up we got to talk about media giant thompson reuters because everybody's getting hacked these days apparently they left three of their databases open and accessible for anybody to look at one of these open instances was a three terabyte public-facing Elasticsearch database that contained a ton of sensitive, up-to-date information from across the company's various platforms. The company recognized this issue and fixed it immediately, according to them. Now, the naming of the Elasticsearch indices basically inside their servers suggests that the open instance was used as a logging server to collect vast amounts of data gathered through user-client interaction. In other words, the company collected and exposed thousands of gigabytes of data that researchers believe could be worth millions of dollars on underground criminal forms because of potential access that could give to other systems inside the Thomson Reuters infrastructure. They claim that basically out of these three misconfigured servers, the team informed the company about two were designed to be publicly accessible. The third was a non-production server meant for, quote, application logs from the pre-production implementation environment. Obviously, this is a huge hit. Thomson Reuters is massive. We're going to see where that goes. And we are tracking another possible massive breach. And this is from AT&T. Multiple people alerted me to this. We also happen to track this gang here. But the Everest ransomware gang is claiming that they have hit AT&T. This is developing in the dark web right now. And so we will see what AT&T says. But I'm giving you a heads up if you're hearing this for the first time. Because this literally just started breaking in the last day or two. This will be huge, I think, because AT&T is huge. Tens of millions of customers, all of which may be entitled to compensation. And finally, 
And we have two finalists for you today. The first one is Liz Truss. She is the shortest living British Prime Minister in UK history. She lasted about three Scaramucci's, 44, 45 days. Now, here's what's going on uh, with Liz Truss. The government, the UK government, has been urged to open an investigation into claims that former Prime Minister Liz Truss' phone was hacked while she was the foreign secretary. So this is before her short stint as prime minister. Now, the Mail on Sunday reported private messages between Ms. Truss and foreign officials, including about the Ukraine war, fell into foreign hands. Now, this hack was discovered during the summer um, Tory leadership campaign, but the news was suppressed. The government also said... And had a robust cyber threat protection in place. The spokesperson also added that the government, quote, did not comment on individual security arrangements. Um, basically, um, talking to Sky News, Michael Gove of um, Leveling Up basically said that uh, he did not know the full details, quote, of what security breach, if any, took place, end quote. But he said that the government took these issues incredibly seriously. So, details about this hack were suppressed by then Prime Minister Boris Johnson and Cabinet Secretary Simon Case. The mail um, on this past Sunday, literally like today, um, cited that basically they, there was a news blackout that was imposed by Mr. Case as a result of this. And obviously hacking a prime minister, or in this case a foreign secretary, soon to be back then prime minister for a very short period of time, is a huge, huge thing. I've read other reports that say the Russians may have been involved in this. We're not sure. Now, obviously, this is not the first case of a national leader getting hit. If you recall the Pegasus infection that wormed its way through Apple iPhones for years, uh, being basically being sold by the NSO group out of Israel had hit basically leaders around the world, including Angela Merkel uh, of Germany. She was at the time the chancellor of Germany. So this is obviously a huge, huge thing. We're going to see where this goes, but we have to understand that our leaders are under threat. Our leaders are under attack. And when they are, let's say, refusing to go through proper cybersecurity, um, you know, outfits, training, all these kinds of things, using hardened phones, etc., we have a huge problem there because like them uh, or I should say, like the rest of us, they fall for phishing scams. They are, but they are targeted significantly higher than than most people on the planet. So this is a huge thing. Make sure, make sure, make sure you're locking these things down. You've got good cyber hygiene. If you're listening to me and you are some kind of elected official. Moving on, our other finally, and this one, oh, this one, this one's embarrassing for the cybersecurity community. I'm, I'm. I'm not going to lie. This sucks. This is the Australian Institute of Company Directors. They threw a conference, uh, cybersecurity conference recently, and oh boy, we got to talk about this one. Here's what's going on. The Australian Institute of Company Directors, known as AIDC, had some solid names lending support to the launch of their institute's new set of, quote, cybersecurity governance principles, end quote. It's obviously a very hot topic down under right now in the wake of the Optus and Metabank private data breaches. Those are huge. Those were huge uh, for Australia, including the federal minister in charge, Claire O'Neill, and Cybersecurity Cooperative Research Center CEO Rachel, Rachel Fall were basically attached to AIDC's new cyber initiative. So it's obviously less than ideal when their online conference this past Monday to launch these principles was hacked, leaving the Institute's boss, Mark Rigotti, and LinkedIn, which was the platform hosting this event, with basically a PR nightmare. Now, here's what's going on with this, and this is, oh, this is depressing, just coming as a cybersecurity professional here. Thousands of would-be participants began to get kind of angsty, uh, antsy, I should say, when they uh, tried to log in for the 1 p.m. start of this conference, and it didn't go live on schedule. Now, 
As the comments from waiting participants in chat began to mount, a fake Eventbrite link, which basically many unsus unsuspecting users clicked on, was posted in the LinkedIn chat function asking for credit card details, leading the Institute to plead with participants not to try to use any of the links posted in the chat. Now, when an official-looking AICD link appeared in the event, some users who hadn't learned their lesson the first round tried to follow it, only to complain that it didn't work, and eventually about 30 minutes into this whole mess, the Institute bowed to the inevitable and they just canceled the entire event. Now, Mr. Rigotti said that Monday evening that it was unclear if any credit card details had actually been handed over and urged anybody affected to contact their credit card issuers, obviously. And I quote, the AICD apologizes sincerely for the unacceptable issues with the LinkedIn live event. And this is absolutely depressing. I mean, you go to some conferences and everybody's hacking everybody. You know, black hat, fine. Okay, whatever. But this is literally just, hey, let's go talk about Australian data breaches and new governance laws and all this kind of stuff. And everybody, cybersecurity professionals want to hear this. And you're sitting in chat and you're bored and you're talking with people. Well, somebody started fishing the entire cybersecurity community that was watching this. And we may have had some of our colleagues hit. This is just embarrassing for the industry, you know, my beloved industry. And quite frankly, I just did a video the other day on how all burned, burned out we are. So I believe people are like, oh, okay, I'll just click it, assuming it's real. And here we go. But we all have to maintain vigilance. So it's not just us, you know, blathering on about security controls for the rest of you. We have to practice what we preach. And that's something that we we just obviously need a little bit of help on as well. But there you go. I'm not pulling any punches. It's a black guy to the cybersecurity community. I hope the AICD does put on an event and I hope they've got a pretty good phishing filter in the chat next time they do this. Those were your breaches of the week. Were you affected? Let me know. And please like, share, follow me here on Facebook and Twitter at Nick AESP. And please feel free to subscribe to me at YouTube as well. And as always, stay safe, stay online, and please attempt to stay private. Thanks, everybody.